we have a thermostat of how much joy and happiness we create in our lives. You know, if you just really think about that, how many times in your day are you like really in this space of like joy and happiness? Oh, you're no, no worries, no anything of just being, yeah. You know, if you look at a young child mm. when they're running around in a store and dancing, <laughs> they're, they're in mm. that pureness of joy and happiness. Yeah. And we kind of forgot how to do that mm-hmm. because we got an adulthood of being serious and you gotta have to take everything serious Mm. this is not a laughing matter all those things we heard and it shuts us down this is the healthy lifestyle solutions podcast and i'm your host maya acosta if you're willing to go with me together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase our longevity in a good way let's get started All right, my friends, welcome back to another episode. Today, I have Michelle and Dean Yasuda. They have been on the podcast before. And as a matter of fact, we recently did a webinar titled Getting on the Same Side, where they talk about how you can use some of the tools and techniques that they train people on so that you can be more of your authentic self and that you could get on the same side with your loved one. So they are both certified big leap coaches. They are trained by the Hendricks Institute. And so they'll talk about what the big leap means and the ultimate mantra that even I till this day now reside as I continue to expand in all areas of my life. Uh, we talk about hitting the upper limit. What does that mean? And how do we self-sabotage, especially in as we're growing in experiencing that joyful sense, uh, that joyfulness in our life? How do we hit the upper limit and then bring ourselves down? So uh, Michelle is trained and licensed at, through Aga- as an agape spiritual practitioner, and Dean has been involved in that. And it was so much fun to discover that at some point, all of us were going to agape when I lived in California. Uh, so we do bring the spiritual component into this conversation. Now, remember that on the podcast, I highlight lifestyle medicine. So there are six pillars to lifestyle medicine. There's nutrition, we talk about exercise, and then getting adequate restorative sleep. But then the other components of, you know, stress management and building healthy relationships, I feel like we're really covering by having Michelle and Dean as our guest experts. They talk about that component of overall health and wellness when we have healthy relationships, when we're living in our authentic self. And so I'm just so honored to have them on the show. And then finally, we talk about the couples retreat that they are bringing here to Dallas on October 13th through the 15th. It's Friday night, all day, Saturday and Sunday. And I really hope that you, you know, listen to the entire interview because we talk about the benefits of coming to this retreat and the tools that they will provide the couples that are joining us. And so make sure that you follow them on social media, visit their website, michellendean.com. And friends, I hope that you enjoy this episode and also look out for my conversation that I had with Riz on the Ojai retreat we attended in California. And then look out for the link that I'm going to also attach with, which is the webinar that Michelle and Dean offered not long ago that it was meant for our group, but it's created like a nice, intimate group setting 
and support kind of system that we all want to foster. So again, friends, thank you for listening. And I hope that you enjoy this interview. Let's welcome Michelle and Dean. Oh, hello. hello. Hi. So happy to be here. So excited. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. And we have so much to cover. So um, let's get started because I want, you know, for new listeners to learn more about both of you. So you both have unique and inspiring journeys that led you to become life coaches. Could you share a bit more about how you discovered your passion for this path? Well, one of the, yeah, one of the things that um, we love to share about is called Ikigai. And it's a concept that's a Japanese concept. It, It loosely translates to our reason for being our, and we might call it our purpose. And what we have come to notice is that we all have qualities that actually support and move us in the direction of our ikigai. And so for me, I, I know that from probably from a, a, being a little girl, I already had the qualities that were going to lead me to being a coach and being someone who loves to inspire people and, and, uh, and focus on living a, a healthy life so that we can all live a healthy life together, right? Caring about the planet and caring about ourselves. So these qualities in me, um, probably compassion, curiosity, being a life learner, those are the kind of things that led me to the direction of self-awareness and, and then exploring transformation and how my transformation can inspire others to do the same. So that's pretty much my story, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And, and mine is the complete opposite. <laughs> I came into this, this practice out of desperation. I was in a really low, low place in my life and, and seeking help, you know, like I needed help. And that was something that I never did. And so uh, I went to a counselor and a spiritual counselor. And, you know, one of the, the, no, one of the first things she told me was, Dean, nothing is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I cried. I never cried in front of anyone before. Mm-hmm. And it really got me into a, a safe space when she, so she told me that I was like, I felt safe to be able to speak to her more. And that was the, the beginning of my self-awareness and my mm-hmm. self-love. And then she just took me to the next level of like saying, okay, so now take some classes, mm-hmm. do, do the work, mm-hmm. you know, move your feet. And so that led me into, wow, if I can, if I can change <laughs> mm-hmm. so as a guy that wasn't very spiritual and wasn't very aware of anything mm-hmm. that, that inspired me to, okay, I, I, there's many, not just couples, but men that could really uh, be inspired to change or know that if I can change, you can change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, very true. And what you're talking about is that guidance and support that you offer as a coach that it, that tool was so useful for you that now you can support other men in doing the same thing. And you both kind of have that compassion behind the work that you do. So, you know, Michelle was led through curiosity and just being a lifelong learner. The compassion component was there, too. And I can identify with you, Dean, because I, too, have been involved in, you know, getting help and support uh, for such a long time. And eventually there was a time that I wanted to be a life coach. 
Um, I think I've shared a little bit more with Michelle. And I was in some training to become a facilitator because I realized, oh, my God, if this is transformational for me, of course, I would love to support other people. And this is why I appreciate both of you so much, because you are um, supporting others. Now, Michelle, you talk about the power of being real and committing to one's true self. What does this mean to you and how has it transformed your life? Mm. Well, I, I'll, I'll say it transformed my life completely. Um, I, I went from being someone who would override my own needs for uh, the good of others, the good I'm going to put in quotes, because if I'm overriding my own needs, that's that's not going to end well. So um, so I went from being someone who would override that and then feel frustrated, angry, upset, um, maybe even turn inward of what's wrong with me. Why is this not working to someone who recognized that my people pleaser was really covering up my compassion and my love for people and my be nice aspect of me. We call that a persona. My be nice was really covering up my genuine kindness. And so I can be genuinely kind and loving while actually being authentic by being my true self. So for me, the commitment to I am no longer going to change myself to fit in with other people's ideas of what I should be or how I should show up or how society tells me that a woman should show up or a mother should show up or whatever those things are. I went from being so hyper-focused on that to I'm, I'm going to be committed to my authenticity and, and then I'm going to see what happens. And, and that's the part that, uh, it, it has to start with that commitment to authenticity. And, and what I, what I noticed happened is my whole life, instead of things getting scary and things getting messy, it started to clear my life up and things started working better. And I was able to develop a healthy relationship because I'm taking care of me. I'm not expecting him to take care of me. I expect him to give me love and support. But I take care of myself and what I really want, and, and which is a, a super healthy move. So that's my that's my uh, take on being real. <laughs> yes. Oh, I think that's a goal that many of us have of being real and authentic. Um, if you could kind of expand a little bit, what has to happen for us to shut shut that down in that initial like knowing what a yes is for us, mm. what a no is for us, and moving into being people pleasers and saying yes to everyone to the point that our boundaries are blurred and we're depleted of uh, energy. What uh, takes place? Is that something that happens early on in our childhood? Yeah, most of the time it does happen early on in childhood. And those masks that we end up putting on are the ways that we got through it. So I imagine when I was a little girl, knowing my personality now, I imagine I was saying things around my parents where I probably said things that were a little bit controversial or, you know, maybe I pointed out that auntie um, so-and-so, uh, was a little loud or so-and-so. I might've pointed these things out that were coming from my natural, like curiosity and wondering and like learning about life. And I was probably, I'm, I'm going to make up a story. I was told that was bad. That was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. 
So here I am in my own natural trying to learn how to be a good human as a little person. And I'm being shaped into, oh, no, 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 we don't, we don't tell that. That's mean. And, and really the grown up version is I don't have to say every little thing that comes in my head. That's not necessary. But what is necessary is for me to be real about the things that are most important. So yeah, so a lot of this stuff is early um, childhood trauma and shaping by our culture, shaping by our own family uh, that lead us to get these ideas that who I am is not quite right. So the thing about myself, like I'm very passionate about things and I have a lot of opinions and I, 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 I just love life and learning. All of that can feel a little bit much for other people. And, and so I was told I was too much and I took that on. And that was the biggest transformation for me was to come out of thinking I'm too much to, oh, this is me and I want to be received in the world. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I love that. (laughs) The other day you and I were having a conversation and I talked about, uh, what it means to take up space. And in my mind, what I'm thinking of is just being okay with being here. Like it's okay for me to exist, to be in this space uh, without, like you said, being too much, just being okay with who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was an experience that I had, and I'm only sharing this because I, I kind of want to give an example of how, you know, whatever intuitively comes up for us can immediately get shut down. I had a parent um, that was having a meltdown when I was a child. And I had seen this in the movies <laughs> or on mm-hmm. television. I immediately went to comfort that parent. I was uh, very young, but just went and just to hold the parent thinking this is what this person needs. And I immediately was pushed away and cursed at and said to mind my own business and all this other stuff. So from that point on, I learned that when a person is having an, a tremendous upset, that it's best for me to stay away. Mm. And mm. I become scared when these things happen. So part of the work that you do with me is really a lot of that. I mean, we can spend hours talking about this, but learning how to be my authentic self in, in many ways, um, to put it shortly. Yeah. You know, you just made me think of Maya as um, the other side of it. What I noticed in learning my authentic self and learning that I can I can really judge for myself what to speak about, what not to, without the rules that I learned. One of the things that I noticed is that I had a super connector persona. Mm-hmm. And so when I'd meet you, I'd be like very excited and like this very amped up energy. No wonder I was too much for people. So what I also recognize is that I had some other kind of personas other than the the be nice. I had this super connector and someone very kindly pointed that out to me along the road of our learning when we were going through our coaching program and our leadership program. And it was the greatest gift to me because it was like the the pendulum swinging from one to the other. And really where we want to be is our authentic self where I'm passionate and I'm also aware of, of your energy and, and not bowling people over. So I just wanted to bring that up that that's a, there's the nuance there that, that I had to learn in my learning about authenticity. Yes. Well, it's fascinating. I would never consider you as being too much, but <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying. Like I, when I even take a few minutes just to, 
take a deep breath and calm down. Even like with interviews and things like this, I get excited and because I love doing this. It's the excitement of the combination of nervousness and what is going to happen, what we'll develop, what will we talk about, all of that. It's a combination of uh, different emotions and things happening. And so um, part of what you teach me is sort of how to ground myself (laughs) (laughs) to be present, to be here now. Yes, I love it. Yes. Yeah. So Dean, as a dynamic circulator of energy, how do you combine fitness techniques with coaching to help your clients achieve both physical and emotional strength? Good question. Yeah. um, You know, I've been doing fitness for over 20 years and, you know, I knew a lot about breathing. I thought I knew a lot about breathing until I started to dive into breathing with Gay Hendricks and becoming a coach. He's a breathing expert over 40 years of studying and learning about breathing. And so when I took on how to breathe correctly, not in my chest, but down deep into my belly and learning how to breathe and f- consciously, that, that transformed my life immediately almost because I did the practice. And so incorporating that into my fitness you know having a breathing practice at the end of the session or even at the beginning if someone's feeling a little stressed when they come you know not just get right into the workout like address that like what's going on all right let's let's sit down and take about five minutes to do some breathing Mm -hmm. because that way you you're starting you'll connect your mind and body and that's the part that I was missing. I knew all about my body and I had, I was stuck in my head, <laughs> but it wasn't never connecting. So having a breathing practice really connected the emotional side and the spiritual side and it connected this whole beautiful, intelligent body that we all have. And so adding that helped with people and myself to know what kind of feelings that you're having, being in touch with, how are you feeling right now? You know, am I angry? Am I sad? Am I happy? Am I excited? And then using that to transfer energy into the workouts. You can use that energy if someone's angry, like, all right, let's transfer that energy into this workout. Bring it into your workout. Even sadness, you can, you can, you can use that energy instead of looking at it as I'm sad. Okay. What does that feel like? Mm-hmm. Oh, it feels, I feel this thing in here. Or I feel this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's use that in another way. Like let's do some stretching. If you're sad, let's just move it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that combination of bringing here, head space and body space and connecting through breath work as that's that's beautiful, beautiful stuff. And uh, I see it help many of my clients just just having a beautiful breathing practice, including myself. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I do see like the fear melters and other things that both of you teach do really do help because especially myself, when I'm stressed and nervous, if I'm just learning to move it through my body and being deliberate about it. It's like, this is how I'm feeling (laughs) (laughs) and I'm moving it through. It really does help. I noticed that I even do things when I'm standing in line or something, like I move a little bit more than I used to. 
Oh, that's um, great. I love yeah, that. Because often it's just, you know, moving your body. You know, if, you, if you're still, move your body. Mm. Basically, that's like a quick way to remember if I'm, if I'm standing still, I'll move my body in some way. Fear contracts us yeah. and, and takes, it, it stops movement. So that's whatever movement we do, we're going to help our body move through whatever stuckness we might be in. That makes sense. And now I was wondering, because I have wondered about this in the past, like, how does this, this combination of moving the body as you're experiencing these emotions, how does that differ from someone hitting the gym when they're stressed out? Or in the case of a neighbor that I recently saw when I was at the pool, she had gone straight into that cold plunge. I think it, it was like 40 degrees. Riz and I went over there and we said, wow, we can't even do a second in there. And she was emerged in it. And she said to us, like looking up, she said, I had a really tough mental day at work. This is what I need to do to get out of my head. How is that different? Do you think it's different? Yeah, it, it is, you know, because I did that. <laughs> I, would, I would work out for two, three hours. I'm just working out and, you know, I get done. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I feel so good. Ten minutes later, everything still, everything just comes back. And so, addressing the emotional side, the like you said, the fear melters, addressing the fear, and moving the adrenaline in a different way, not by causing more adrenaline, because working out cause can pump you up. Getting in, a, I love that's cold. True. I love cold baths too, and that's the same thing. It takes you out of this because your body's going, ah, <laughs> and then you come out and you get, you dry off. But all of that still tends to come back in. I think it's the the it difference. Like those are tools that can yeah. work. Like yeah. it might've been perfect for, yeah. for your neighbor, right? In that case. And if we're not addressing the emotional, Same which is what Dean was saying, if we're not addressing that, it's going to keep coming up. Yeah. So I think working out at the gym, being aware that I'm angry is different from being angry, feeling angry and going and working out at the gym. The difference of that awareness is is crucial and, and huge. Does that answer the question? Do you? Oh, yes. Because I also, because you see this a lot, like on television and things that people are like really upset and then they go for a Mm -hmm. run or whatever. But then I feel like they get stuck in that upset. And I don't know because I'm not the person that hits the gym when I'm upset. Right. Right. Yeah. That's why I I need to have that. (laughs) That would be, I would be in great shape if that worked. Um, okay. So Dean, you have a program called guys getting real and you sort of addressed it a little bit, but it sounds like it's a powerful space for men to explore being vulnerable and having that emotional expression. What inspired you to create this program? You shared a little bit about that, but if you'd like to share more and what impact has it had on the participants? Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I just started this program probably a couple of months ago and, you know, what I get from the guys that are coming is is they they feel safe, mm. they feel heard, mm. and they you know they're also learning what learning how to recognize the different kind of feelings they're having. You know, we all have feelings, but I mean, learning what happiness feels like, or sad, or angry, or scared. You know, mostly is scared, scared and angry. And sad, actually, those three are mm. the big 
the big no for a man mm. to feel. Mm-hmm. So it's gently bringing in tools and practices that can help each of us, us guys, to like, oh, it's okay to have feelings. Mm-hmm. It's normal to have feelings. Feelings is no big deal. And and I can still be a strong man and have feelings and be open-hearted and be compassion, you know, have compassion for other people and my partner and just everyone and yourself and myself. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's been a beautiful journey so far and yeah, I'm open to more and more learning and more and more guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're definitely going to have to make sure uh, towards the end to provide that information for any men that might be listening and might be interested in having this safe, supportive space that you've created. Now, you're both trained um, as big leap coaches, and I always want to kind of explain um, to listeners what that means. Um, So I was wondering, Michelle, if you can tell us that big leap concept, what is it, and how can it help people overcome emotional blocks and achieve personal growth? Yeah, well, the the big leap, there is one big leap. I'm only going to let Dean share like what the big leap is. What is the big leap? It's one of his favorites. (laughs) What the big leap is, is how can I expand my capacity for more abundance, love, and success every day and inspire others to do the same? That's that's all of it in a nut. That's the boom. There yeah, you go. That's yeah. That so that's what we're up to, and that um, that's called the ultimate mantra, and it's something yeah. that Gay Hendricks. Um, offers in his book, The Big Leap, which is one of the ways that's, uh, that people come into the Hendricks world. So Dean and I found Katie and Gay Hendricks um, about, well, actually, it's been probably a decade that I've been aware of them, but we started studying with them seven years ago. And when we dive into something, we go for it. Mm-hmm. And so we've been studying with them very closely, went through a leadership and transformation program, went through a coaching program. And all of what we've been doing is learning, finding tools, discovering tools that help us to expand our capacity in all of these areas. And, um, and that's really what our, our whole, um, focus is Mm -hmm. now is how can we expand and awaken our aliveness through practicing learning how to feel our feelings and learning that feelings are no big deal. And we are not supposed to control them. Yeah. Our our job is to choose how to act on our feelings, not what feelings we're having. We don't have a choice about that. That's going to happen. And so learning that feelings are natural and it's normal to feel sad and happy at the same time and angry and uh, maybe a little scared at the same time. So that that those kind of tools learning how to distinguish those things and then of course as couples coaches we're really about helping couples to get on the same side mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than sit there across the table from each other with the problems here between us we're getting on the same side and facing the problems together as a unit and um so that's what i that's what i want to say about the big leap and then if you have any any other questions about that? Well, I will tell you that. Uh, so I've read The Big Leap now twice mm-hmm. <laughs> because 
um, it's it's easy to read the book. It's yeah. it's more work to actually internalize the message. <laughs> and so <Yes. laughs> I've been reciting. And now on my phone, I also have that ultimate mantra. Nice. And so throughout the day, I meditate on that. The I expand in abundance, success and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. And I say it like um, I fo- I emphasize certain words at certain times, so depending on what is coming up. And the more that I think about it, and when I think of expanding, I it's like I physically yes. do this. Yeah, like Beautiful. I'm expanding. And part of what I feel with this mantra, Michelle, is that I feel like I'm giving myself permission to to have more more opportunities yeah. things that you know the um old mindset that i've had in the past is all these limiting uh thoughts and ideas that you know we can talk about later if we have time but um i i i'm sort of like pushing them away and saying i allow myself to have abundance and love and and what i love about the second part of that mantra is that i hope to inspire like I, I want this for everyone around me as well, not just for myself, but everyone else around me. And hopefully through my growth, I can inspire others to do, do the same. Mm, and so, so yeah, beautiful. I love the big leap. Yeah. And I love seeing you opening your arms wide and, and mm-hmm. anyone who's not watching the video, that's what Maya was doing is opening her arms wide. Yeah. And that's exactly what um, one of the things in the big leap that gets explored is called the upper limits problem. And my, my, um, Dean can explain a little bit about what that is, but the way that I meet the upper limit problem is by opening my arms wide and saying the ultimate mantra. And usually I'll address whatever's up for me in the moment. So let's say I got scared. I, I'll, I'll have a worry thought about one of my kids or something like that. And so then I'll open my arms wide and I expand my capacity for joy and for uh, life being fabulous or whatever it might be. And uh, and I let myself really feel that all the way down because the feelings are really important. Yeah. That's the thing is when you're reading that mantra, let yourself really feel it. And that's what's going to expand your capacity for that. You're going to feel the vibration building in yourself. And um, so I just wanted to share that. And, and I, I, would you like to talk about the upper limits, Maya? Is that something? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, because I might've touched it. Riz and I did um, a recap recently. Um, I think I published it like this Monday. Um, But I, we did a recap of the Ojai Mm. uh, retreat as we were also speaking about the retreat that you're putting together for couples in Dallas. And I mentioned, uh, I want to say I'm at that point, I'm un- I mentioned upper limiting, but yes, I think like we cannot say it enough. So please tell <laughs> us what that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Katie, Katie Hendricks likes to say it's really the only problem we ever have is the upper yeah, limits yeah. problem. Yeah. And, you know, I like to look at it, you know, we have a thermostat of how much joy and happiness we create in our lives. You know, if you just really think about that, how many times in your day are you like really in this space of like joy and happiness? Oh, like no, no worries, no anything of just being, yeah. You know, if you look at a young child mm. when they're running 
around in a store and dancing, <laughs> they're, they're in that pureness of joy and happiness. Yeah. And we kind of forgot how to do that mm -hmm. because we got in adulthood of being serious and you got to have to take everything serious. Mm. This is not a laughing matter. All those things we heard right. and it shuts us down. Yeah. So, and don't yeah. get too big for your britches. There's oh, a, there's yeah, a bunch so of many. statements. Now, now we're aging ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, younger <laughs> listeners, <laughs> but those things that we were told, don't ask for too much. We were given messages that told us it's not really safe to actually feel expanded and in full joy. And I know one of my upper limits uh, patterns, because that's one of the things that we help people to learn about, is what are our upper limits patterns? You can look at this as self-sabotage. That's a, a that's in um, people will talk about it in that way. I think in the context of upper limits, it's much more accurate. Um, that we reach our ability to handle the energy. The energy gets a little too much for us. Mm -hmm. And so what'll happen for me is a worry thought will come in. Like I mentioned before, that's the thing that that's a common upper limit for me. Yeah. So something wonderful will happen. I'll feel great for about 10 seconds <laughs> and then boom, a worry thought comes in. And so that's when I open my arms wide and I declare that I'm expanding my capacity for that much joy or, or abundance or whatever it might be. And I breathe a little bit and then I move on and I'm back in that beautiful energy. I've now expanded my capacity yeah. for that joy, success, love, creativity, whatever it is. So the upper limits problem is going to be with us forever. It's It, it means we're learning and expanding. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. We can celebrate like, oh, I reached, I reached an upper limit. I must be expanding. So it's something positive. Like you can turn it around and see that. Yeah, it is. And, uh, it's something to be aware of that anytime that we are in a really happy place, like you go on a vacation. Have you ever, ever had that happen, Maya, where you go on a vacation, everything's wonderful. And then you get in a, a fight with your partner, uh, just when you're leaving or, uh, I'm famous for leaving something in the hotel room and, you know, just something little I'll leave in the hotel room. So those are examples of how we can take away our own joy by really getting off focus, not being grounded in ourselves. The, when you're in that expansive state, that's the moment to take a pause, feel where you're at. Like this is feels really good. And I really like this. And then say that mantra right then. Yeah. I expand my capacity for more abundance, joy, and excess, success. You say it again so you can up-level your, you know, up-level the upper limit. Because, yeah. you know, anywhere you're unknown, you get scared, basically. Yeah. Like, That's the thing. It's just the space. Oh, no. Yeah. The shoe's going to drop. Right. It's exactly. too good. Something's going to happen. All that stuff that we got told. Another thing, right? Yeah. It's too good. Don't be, don't be celebrating. Everything's too good. Something's going to happen. And of course, you say that something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it becomes a habit. And it, and it's really about presence in the end. Am I, you know, when I'm leaving that hotel room, I lose presence because I'm all distracted with like all the good feelings of what's going on. So I'm not actually in my whole body. And so that's, you know, cause it, it, people can think of it as a woo kind of a thing. And it's really not. It's really a practical thing that we lose presence when we start to build expanded energies. Mm -hmm. And so to recognize that coming back to here I am, here I am, it's safe to feel this good. It's safe to feel mm -hmm. joy and then moving on. Yeah. So, yeah.
I love the concept of upper limiting so much. I think like when I'm going back through all the sort of schools of thought, Mm -hmm. if that's how you say it, Mm -hmm. uh, all the different types of training and literature that I read in the past to understand what self-sabotage is or what, you know, how I'm causing all of this out of all the things that I've learned in the past, the tools that I've gathered, this one really makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Like this one really like presences me, like makes me very aware that, you know, just like you're saying, like we've been programmed, you know, for lack of a better word, we've been programmed to not feel good all the time. Uh, that joy, having joy is not a normal state for us. Mm. And so when I find myself feeling good, there are moments where I feel good and I'm just like, why? I haven't done anything. Nothing's yeah. going on. The rest of, you know, no one's here. Like I haven't had a surprise today or, you know, something like yeah. that. And I question that. And it's it's part of that whole programming that I need to have a reason to experience joy. And then if I do experience joy, then I find a way through. I worry as well. I'm, I have these thoughts of, wait, I'm, ta- I'm not supposed to feel good. There's got to be a problem that I'm supposed to be solving right now. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So the, that's, so now back to the big leap. So the big leap is actually dedicating our life to that commitment, to expanding our capacity for all things good, all positive energy that we really want. Mm-hmm. So, and the, and the thing that's wonderful is the Hendrix taught us tools and we now have these tools to share with others that work. They, they work, work. Yes. when you, when you use them, they work. So, um, that's a, that, that's something that's why we're so passionate about the work is it, we've seen it transform lives over and over and over and Ours. experienced our own. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Most importantly, <laughs> you know, it's interesting when you watch a, a biopic, sort of like a documentary of someone's life and it's in a, within an hour or so and you you learn about the highs and the lows but especially when they're the most like successful when we're talking about celebrities for example or important key people um, that are well known they have these moments of everything is working for them doors are opening they're making connections their dreams are coming true and then something happens mm. and boom yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know and i wonder if even for them uh, upper limit applies. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's uh, Gay will tell stories from way back when he was discovering this concept, and that that's the thing that that really uh, is so striking to me is the wisdom that Gay and Katie both have uh, osmos from the world. Like they have, they have created. They're so creative, and they they really made up this concept of the upper limits because they observed it. And so they observed it in the way that you just described, Maya. And then they observed it in themselves where they would work all week and they would be doing perfectly fine with each other. And then the weekend would come. And on Friday, every single week, they started to notice they would get in an argument and then they would clean that argument up on Sunday when the weekend was over. And and so they really like they saw that and they said, well, what's going on here? And both of them were interested in psych. I mean, they both studied or have doctorates in psychology. So they're they were like right on this, looking at this and observing it. And uh, so, yeah, what you described is 100 percent the upper limit problem and none of us can escape it. It's uh, like I said before, we want to know that we're going to reach our edges. That means we're growing. That means that we're expanding. So what we want to learn is have 
friendly experiences with upper limits. And we do that by awareness. It's really awareness is the key. You've probably noticed that yourself, yes. Maya, right? Where right. I'm guessing... Well- yeah, thanks to you. I was just thinking as before you said the word is that the power comes in the awareness of it and being aware that you're, uh, you're upper limiting. And, um, and then Dean says to just kind of where it, you know, take a pause and then do both of you have said, you know, do recite the mantra again and be in that energy. But just the awareness is where the power lies. And I do notice it a lot more with myself where I tend to be the person that caretakes and worries about everyone else. And so I could be in a good space. Oh my God, I'm feeling good. Life is good. I don't need anything else right now. And then the thought worries about someone that I love who might be suffering or, and then I bring myself down. I just like, I don't give myself permission mm. to be happy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what a, and let, let's flip that around now and what a gorgeous thing it is and how important it is for us to give ourselves permission for our full aliveness. Cause the truth is, unless we're allowing ourselves to expand and, and enjoy full aliveness, we won't be able to inspire others to do the same. So I like to remind people that that self work is not selfish. It's actually, I'm, I'm filling my cup so that now it's spilling over and I'm able to be, um, a, a useful presence, a beneficial presence mm-hmm. on the planet. Yeah. Ooh. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to put it. I have to fill my cup first. Um, before we move on to the next topic, Dean, did you want to say anything else, anything more about upper limiting? Yeah, I think with the, like you were saying, the awareness, first having that awareness and then taking that pause to, to be in that mm. state, be in that level. You often were, we're always moving, right? Oh, we got one good thing. Yeah. Oh, next On thing. To the next. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and that's the that's when we hit the upper limit because we're not taking. Basically, it's stop and smell the roses. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, just do that when you're walking down the street. You see some roses. Stop. Just <laughs> smell it and go. Oh, wow! This smells so good. That's basically the same thing when you're mm. in this big space mm. and you go, "Whoa! This is a new space. Oh, I feel good." Ah, just breathe and feel it. Let it like get down into your bones mm-hmm. and feel that happiness and joy. And then you're like, okay, now I expand my capacity for more abundance, love, mm-hmm. and success. And and then take it in notches and not. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing we're doing when we do that is we're rewiring that old habit of, for me, it's the worry thought. So I've started attaching feeling good to the the worry thought happens automatically. That's the old programming to immediately meeting it and moving back into presence and back into aliveness. Mm. So that's the beauty of it is that the more we practice that, the more we're creating the kind of habitual thoughts that are helpful for us, Mm -hmm. that we've chosen, chosen thoughts instead of what got installed when we were children. Michelle, you're a licensed Agape spiritual practitioner. And Dean, you volunteer at Agape Spiritual Center. Please tell us more about it. How does spirituality play a role in your coaching practices? Mm. Well, I know for me that it was my next step when I, when I made that 
uh, realization that I wasn't happy uh, in my life at the time. There were struggles going on. I was not feeling myself. I started to really look at spirituality and how, like, what what's really going on for me and, and learning meditation and learning those things that led me to the first spiritual center that I started studying. And, and that's where the door opened, where I started to learn the what of consciousness for me and what, what spoke to me. And I think all of us are on, on our own unique path. And, and as far as spirituality, um, what I want to say is that my spirituality helps me get through the challenges of life. And it helps me understand this chaotic world that we're living in. It helps me to, to see beyond the, the physical conditional world of, of bodies and desks and helps me to, to really lean on the mystery, the part that I have absolutely no idea. What is really going on in this in in life? And that helps me. Not everybody that we work with is spiritual. And that's not a problem. What I love about the Hendrix work is they teach the how of consciousness. And it it is um they they took what I look at is the practical tools that we can use in our spiritual practice that are helpful in our spiritual practice. And they took them and they separated it out so anybody can use them. And that's what I love about it is, um, in, and it's important to me. I've always wanted to respect different paths that people have to their own inner connection and their connection with the mystery of life. So that's my, my long winded answer for uh, spirituality. <laughs> you pretty much hit it on the head. I mean, for me, it's a, it's a grounding space that I can go to and, you know, and then transition, not transitioning, but learning Hendrix tools. It really opened up another level of my own spirituality mm. and learning in a diff, you know, in a more, more for me, it expanded my capacity mm. because sometimes for me in the spiritual world, I, I got to a point where like, okay, so now what? <laughs> like it didn't answer the question that was happening for me like but i'm still stuck i'm still having this thing and so adding that together hendrix work and spirituality mm. has really uh deepened my um my groundness my grounding myself i was just thinking life. what you just said made me think of the greatest tool i i feel like in the the hendrix world is facing life directly yeah and I think that we can use our spirituality to actually hide from and, and sometimes, uh, turn away from the, the scary things that are happening in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we can try to tell ourselves it's all good or we might, um, uh, pray about it. Um, and we're, we're still, struggling with it and we keep praying and we're struggling with it and what the Hendrix taught us and what we love to teach people is how to face things directly mm -hmm. and by facing them directly we can actually find what we really want and we can resolve whatever issues are up yeah mm. Wow. Yeah. That's so beautifully said. Oh my God. I think that's the, the beauty of being in a relationship, for example. Um, so I, you know, I'm the person, like I'm raising my hand as you were talking about how sometimes we can use that spirituality without using religion, the word religion, but, you know, even spirituality to sort of 
you know, mask everything. Oh, oh, everything's fine. Everything's beauty, beautiful. And I can honestly say that I was that person that I learned about the law of attraction. And I would go to Agape and Michael Beckwith and Dr. Wayne Dyer, all these beautiful teachers, Louise L. Hay, all these beautiful teachers that I would learn from. And, um, and I found a way to kind of keep myself away from everyone. Like I put this barrier around mm. myself and saying, ah, this is my safe place right here with all these teachings. And then I met my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the real work started. Yes. Uh, so I, yes. so I really believe that it's a gift for me because I was a person that was like, I'm independent. I, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life because I'm happy. This is how I'm happy. And the, the challenges of let's see how much of the spiritual work you're actually going to put into practice. It all <laughs> came great. as a result of my relationship. And now yeah. I see it as a blessing. I really mm. see that um, facing our challenges mm. is also where the power lies as well. And I'm only becoming aware of this because of both of you. Like, I can't say that I had that kind of awareness before because you become, like you said, Michelle, a lot of times, like we become at the effect of things and we forget where the power lies, like that we have control over the, you know, the reality that we're creating, the life that we're creating. I love that you bring the spiritual component to all of this also, because at the end of the day, like, um, I feel that as I continue to grow, I, I like to say that life supports me. And when I say life, I'm talking about the greater, that which is greater than us, that force that has been guiding us and taking care of us even through the difficult times. I, I do believe in that. I believe that I've been cared for and taken care of in, through all the difficult times that I've gone through. And to me, that is my spiritual, the spiritual aspect. Um, the support that I feel I have. I love that. And that, that, that touches on one of my absolute favorite concepts, which is when I come into alignment with myself. So when I make a move towards my own integrity, that life does meet me there. That's what I notice that there's an energetic field. There's something that meets me there. And I like to call it the best matching program ever. It's like, I bring this effort and then whoo, the universe comes in and supports me even more. And um, so that I, I do notice that about life. I do notice that as I align, that life begins to get a little bit easier. It starts to make a little bit more sense. And, uh, and at the same time, I have to add in the, that's the good news. And then the other news is that whenever we, this is something that I've observed, I've, I've seen it over and over again. Whenever I make a commitment towards something, I will throw up some roadblocks for myself to test whether I'm really interested <laughs> in that commitment. Yeah, you're laughing because I know <laughs> this is what we do. So it's probably part of the upper limits problem. Um, it's all part of this wild game of life that we're yeah. all living, uh, this consciousness. So it's just good to be aware of when I make a commitment it's likely going to uh, require many recommitments. And I certainly found that in my life when you said, oh, getting being real, that didn't happen overnight. What happened overnight was the commitment. And then I got the first test. Am I going to be honest in this moment? And yay, I passed that test. And then the next one and then the next one. 
So it's a, it's um, an opportunity, an ongoing opportunity. All commitments are an ongoing opportunity for our expansion in the direction that we want to go. Mm, very nice. Would you call those like course corrections, mm. um, live guiding you? I don't know. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. Um, that that's certainly a great way to look at it. That there, where it's not a straight line. It's not a straight line towards our goals, and and we're going to learn in those in those places where we step a little bit outside of the commitment. Um, what I like to say is skip the part where you get stuck in your head. Well, I must not really be committed. Oh, well, this is never going to work. Skip that part and, and recognize that you're just uh, hitting one of those roadblocks. Come back into the commitment. Look at the fear. Look at what do you, what do you need to face? What do you need to accept? And get right back into that commitment. Yeah, very true. Dean, you talked about your personal transformation and both of you through your coaching careers, you may have witnessed like a lot of transformations uh, with your clients. So I'd love to hear and know really if you have a memorable story that you'd like to share where you've sort of guided someone and seen a significant transformation. Hmm. Yeah, actually, we have a, a couple, hmm. a couple that we've uh, coached for three years now. Oh, it's been a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, they, they've, they've turned, they did the work and they turned around completely you know they they came into uh, they came to us with a lot of blame and criticism <laughs> on each other it's your fault it's your yeah. fault it's your they fault. weren't on the same side they they didn't hear each other mm. you know they they listened but they didn't hear what the mm. other person was saying mm -hmm. and so you know just being there with them co-creating as we like to coach is we're co-creating with you we're not above you and we don't know more we just have tools that we can share with you and and just gently guiding them <laughs> and being there and stopping them when they <laughs> would get into a little tussle and and emphasizing to them to do the practices mm -hmm. do the practices they work they work yeah, i mean that's what i observed about that, that I, I i know the couple you're talking about and and it's incredible to see the turnaround yeah. from blame, 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 blame to true allyship. And it's a, it's a really, yeah. Help, Taking right. responsibility of not pointing the finger out, but That's right. bringing it back gently to yourself and going, oh, hmm. how am I? How am I creating this? this? How hmm. am I keeping this going? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. How am I keeping this going? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's one of our favorite examples. And we could tell you story after story of anybody who comes into the work and is willing to use the tools. Like we said, they work. That's the amazing and wonderful thing. And, uh, you know, and we're all on our path. And sometimes we hit a bump, uh, mm -hmm. like when we're working with couples, we might hit a bump where we need to pause and maybe each person needs to go their separate coaches and work on something that's going on for them. And then we can come back together. That's another thing that happens. And we also coach people individually mm -hmm. that may or may not be in relationships that are working through whatever it is. So it's um, what I love to see is that transformation. It's and that's what keeps us in this is the feeling of I, when we most of the time we're working pe with people on Zoom, we close out that Zoom window and we look at each other and we just say, 
Oh, we just love them. We just love them. It's just like, there's just this feeling of overflowing of love for people who are willing to get vulnerable and do all of that work. So, or we like to say play, we like to say play to take it out of the work. I'm so used to using that word. If we were only given the right tools and who knows, maybe for some people, the marriage is just not the best thing. You learn as you go that maybe that's not the most ideal partner for you, but I wonder how many marriages or just relationships in general could be saved if people are just given the right tools. Yeah, I yeah. I 100% agree that there are some relationships that are that we we choose um from probably our our inner child wounds and come together and we're not a good fit from our essence selves from who we truly are. That happens and those are the kind of marriages that do need to end and 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 it is always for the best. And then I think there's a whole bunch of relationships and marriages that really can work um, given the right tools. And and like Dean said, we weren't taught these skills uh, when we were children. We weren't taught these skills even as young adults. And so that's one of the things we're also passionate about is teaching these skills to younger people. Um, we absolutely love doing that. I, I wish I had those tools early on. So. That, then, that makes me excited. Same here. Yeah. And maybe yeah. in the future, you know, in the big picture, it could be a requirement before mm-hmm. anyone gets married <laughs> to go through some kind of coaching to just to uh, see where they're at, you know, and be like, yeah, are we really going to? I would, I would like it to not even have to be a requirement. It's like, it's just so natural. It's part of what we learn. <laughs> yeah. It's part of, yeah. It could be required classes in, college, in, in, in college, high school. school, high school college, <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, there's definitely a need for, for us to learn life skills. There's no question of that. And, yeah. and, and it, and really having that happen early on is, is obviously going to make <laughs> yes. a, a, a much better world uh, where we where we'll be open to that. Yeah, I was just yeah. thinking about requiring things. That's about the opposite of what we, <laughs> yes, <I know. laughs> what any of us as adults want, right? But but I get it because if we had the tools, I mean, I I was thinking the same thing. Like, if only we could require, or at least hope that our partners would be open to doing the work early on, then we could live in in that true essence in the relationship instead of spending 10, 15, 20 years not being aligned in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I love that we're living at a time now where more and more people are open to having coaches and therapists and doing the work. And when you were talking about, you know, even having this attract the younger com- generations, I was surprised how many young people were at in the Ojai retreat. Yes. That we yeah, yeah. yes. I, was great. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is incredible. Well, you know, speaking of retreats, I would love for our listeners to learn more about this couples retreat that you're putting together. Please tell us what is a couples retreat? Mm, yeah. Well, you know, before I answer the question of what is a couples retreat, I want to address something you you actually brought it up. Uh, and I was about to say something and I thought, oh, no, this is the perfect time to say it. We have been passionate about uh, longevity and and whole body uh, vitality for as long as we've been together. That's one of our passions. So we love the blue zones. And I don't know if all your listeners are aware of the blue zones, but the places in the world, there was a study, the places in the world where people live the longest and healthiest. And so we've incorporated that into our work. And so now I'll answer about the retreat. For us, having a a weekend where we come together with a small group of couples, and sometimes it's a larger group, 
where we're actually giving the gift of presence, giving the gift of this time here is for us. This is it. This is for our couple. This is for, we're going to leave all our other worries behind. And we're going to take a weekend where we're going to learn tools and practices. We're going to have some community connection because that's something that was one of the things in the blue zone. I know Maya, you, you're well aware of, of the blue zones and, um, the ways that we can have a lifestyle that supports our health. Um, one of them is community connection. And that's why we love bringing couples together so that we can all see that we're, we all make the same mistakes. We're all human. We all do these things and we can learn from each other. Oh, I haven't tried that. And I haven't tried that. So one of the gifts of being on a retreat together, and I'm sure you experienced that in Ojai when you went to the Hendrix retreat is that we get to be around other, uh, people who are interested in the same thing. And um, so, yeah, we'll be um, so we'll be offering breathing practices that will will assist you in connecting deeper into yourselves, which mm -hmm. will assist you in connecting deeper with your partner, mm -hmm. um, breathing practices that you do with your partner and, and just friendly, easy movement practices like jumping jacks and sit ups and pretty no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm out. I'm not I'm I'm not signing up for this one. <laughs> Gentle, easy practices that you do together mm. that will bring, in my experience, will open up new experiences in yourself mm. and things that you might have might have not been aware of. Mm. When we do body practices, which what I experience with Katie and Gay is when you get done things come up and you're like, wow, I didn't even know mm. what happened, but this insight came and mm -hmm. holy cow. And so simple practices that we'll be playing with. is. I was just thinking of yeah. before when I was talking about facing, yeah. one of our favorite practices that we use is something where we play with facing and accepting and choosing and taking action by getting up and using our body. And you can actually do it sitting if you're not able to get up and move around. Mm -hmm. um, but what we do is we use our whole body in that exploration. And that's the kind of tools that we'll be using over the weekend, uh, as well as having some opportunities for, for you to connect with your partner during lunch. We give a nice amount of time, a couple of hours where you can go and have a lunch and have some time to integrate all that you were learning um, during the morning or or during the afternoon. And um, so we like a, to keep it at, at what, what we um, refer to as essence pace so that we're moving through the weekend, feeling our full aliveness, feeling who we truly are. It doesn't have to be hard work. It's not come together and we're going to fix our relationship. Yeah. No, what we're inviting you into is an opportunity to give love and attention to your relationship because yeah. your relationship itself needs that. Not, not only do we need attention, but our relationship itself needs mm. it. Absolutely. And it was, I love going to this. Oh yeah. I think that's, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because I hadn't really thought about the timing of it. Um, holidays can be, well, anything, holidays, vacations, all of these things can be really stressful. Things that we think should be wonderful we have again learned patterns from the past about maybe the holidays have to look a certain way or a vacation has to be 
it's only perfect if this happens. So being able to learn to hold loosely to the things that we really love and desire and feed the energy without gripping tightly to that's what's coming up for me. Yeah. What's coming up for me also is what you, we talked about earlier is being on the same side mm. when you're going into these big events. Yes. What agreements can we make together uh, about yes. being on the same side? Cause often, you know, if you have kids or even pets or family, it's, we, they're first. They they're end first. up in here, they're in first. the middle. They end they're, up in the middle. Well, we put them first, yeah. and then we lose all connection to ourselves and mm -hmm. each other, mm -hmm. and then it becomes this, what are you, what are you? so, yes, yeah. we love them. Here they are. But we love our space. We love this. This is the grounding space is us. Mm. We're on the same side, so how can we stay on the same side mm -hmm. and... And deal with yeah, and invite all the stuff. And, and invite yeah, meet meet it yeah. together, yeah. meet the challenges. I like that you brought up agreements. That's something that we will certainly be bringing into the weekend. Is how we can make enlivening agreements that make your everyday life work much much better. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's something that not having clear agreements is really the cause for most of the upsets that we have. So it's a really easy one to learn. That's a tool that once learned can change everything. Yeah. Um, we've heard you talk about your passion for revealing wholeness and authenticity. That's what, you know, we're talking about. How will this focus um, be incorporated into the retreat to help couples deepen their connection? And you might have already addressed it, but if you'd like to say more about that. Yeah, well, I think specifically on that is um, looking at the, or, or moving through the tools that support us in being able to tell what we say, uh, what we call the unarguable truth to each other. So it's, you know, I, I could say, well, tell the truth. Well, if I haven't recognized in myself what is even true for me, how do I know that? So we have processes that help us to open up that mystery inside of what's really going on. So that there's a pathway to that authenticity so that we can actually, when I show up, I'm, I have a, a map to how I can actually show up and be real with Dean. And so that, so that's what I would say is that, that there, yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. It's very exciting <laughs> to actually, to know I want to be real and, oh, here's the tools that'll get me there. And that's really how it is. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's for any oh, yeah. couple who really... both have a full body yes for coming together for a weekend of play and a weekend of learning. Uh, so there's there it, it truly is that anybody who's interested, you don't have to have any prior knowledge about go, like couples coaching or anything at all. You can come in and and be completely fresh as long as you have a yes. This is where I want to be for this weekend. Aside from the general retreat, which we all will do, you know, uh, participate together. Are you available? Are both of you available to further coach another couple if they want like couple on couple coaching? Yes. Yeah, that's a really great mm -hmm. question because sometimes things will come up and people might feel stuck during the weekend and we will definitely provide an opportunity for some one-on-one -on -one work if that's something that people are interested in. Mm -hmm. And after the retreat, 
Um, we certainly would love to connect with people via Zoom. And there's all kinds of ways that we could do that. We could get together as a, a in a reunion group. Um, we can work one-on-one with couples. So there's lots of opportunity for continued learning with, uh, with each other. Is there anything you'd like to add, Dean, about this? Yeah, you know, just be open-minded, open-hearted, and come and have fun. That's it. Just be there and enjoy. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about anything we've spoken about today? We There's so much that we covered and then we focus on the retreat, but please feel free to share more. Yes. What I would love is to share an appreciation for you, Maya, for um, your curiosity, your love of learning, and your dedication to inspiring people to do the very work that you're doing. I just want to appreciate you for that. And I think that everything that we talked about today, um, you're demonstrating and you've been practicing. And I, I just want to appreciate you that for that. Thank you so much. Well, I definitely appreciate both of you because you have helped me. I wish I could rewind. Well, not really, because I wouldn't want to go back to the past. <laughs> no, that's right. No rewinding. <laughs> right? Yeah. But if I had a clip to show where I was when I initially found both of you and where I am today, I am absolutely grateful. I, I, I just don't even know how to express how thankful I am for the work that both of you have done to help me and my husband as well. And, uh, and this is why we're doing this. This is why it means so much for me to share you with my listeners and anyone else that is new to listening to this podcast and, uh, is, might be interested in working on their own relationships. And you even said it earlier, Michelle, that it's not just relationships you work on, but you also support individuals. Yes, definitely. And and I was just thinking about how the connection between our individual health, like we talked about before, and and our vitality and our world's vitality. And we can't separate those two. And we can see what's happening in the world and how we really all need to step into healthy responsibility for ourselves, for each other, for the children, for the future of our planet. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about continuing to bring this work out into the world. So just want to mention that, that that's that wholeness is so important. Be overly responsible, as you've said, um, and not have those clear boundaries that that is that person's responsibility. This is my responsibility. Life's going to bring all kinds of challenges and it's up to us how we're going to meet those challenges. And this is the tools and practices that we've been doing every day in our life help us to be able to meet what's coming forward mm-hmm. and, uh, and get in alignment. I noticed that once I'm in alignment, I experience less jangle from what's going on in the, re- in the rest of the world. I'm able to, to keep a, a sense of, of harmony inside of me while I'm presencing the reality around me. So what is the best way for people to to learn more about both of you? You have the shared programs and coaching together, but you have your individual offerings as well and how you support people. So what's the best way for people to learn about you? Yeah, well, our website yeah, has, our website, has yeah. yeah, it's a great entry point. You'll, you'll find uh, information for the men's group. You'll find our 
uh, couples work on there and my individual coaching on there. So it's, uh, um, Michelle and fitness. That's right. <laughs> um, Michelle and Dean.com. So it's, uh, quite simple, but my name is spelled M I C H E L E one L. But if you misspell it with two, it'll still go to michelleandean.com. <laughs> so it's michelleandean.com. Yeah. And you can email us at thrive at michelleandean.com and uh, contact us directly if you'd like to. You have yeah. questions. That's right. So if you're interested in the retreat, if you'd like to know more about that, feel free to reach out to Michelle. Uh, she can kind of explain a little bit more. We'll continue to talk about it on the episodes here on the podcast. Um, it's been so wonderful having you again on the show, Michelle and Dean. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, yeah, thank you thank so you much, so Maya. Much. Thank you. Blessings, blessings. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this content, please share with one friend who can benefit. You can also leave us a five-star review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash HLS. This helps us to spread our message. As always, thank you for being a listener.